Chapter 2. Okay, get this. This guy who was being charged with armed robbery and homicide, I throw out an arm, my hand feeling its way to the alarm clock, is pleading innocent on both counts. He is claiming that the victim shot himself. So many buttons on this damn thing, I can never find the one that shuts it up. I mean, the perpetrator's prints were all over the gun, and it's not like a man is going to walk up to some punk and... Click. Silence at last. I open my eyes. All I can see is wall and pillow. But I know if someone else were to see me right now, they would be looking at a pale, skinny man in his early thirties, lying on his stomach, sporting a pair of boxers, light brown bedhead, and a big smile. What a great way to start my day. My smile begins to fade as I notice a damp, warm sensation in my boxers. It looks like today's laundry day. I carefully lift myself up and assess the situation. Looks like I'll be washing my sheets as well. With a sigh, I turn and look at my alarm clock on the nightstand. Suddenly, my sigh turns into a gasp. I am late! I need to get to work now, or my ass is grass, as they say on the farm or wherever. I'm not sure where, but believe me, they, they say it. My head is pounding. I'm not sure why. I don't remember drinking last night. Now that I think about it, I don't remember last night at all. I guess I was drinking. I hope I took a taxi home. Last thing I need right now is to get in my car and find someone's guts all over the hood of it. What is that god-awful smell? I peel the covers off my bed and make my way across my studio apartment to the washing machine, dodging CDs and books with less than grace. The crack of a CD case emits from underneath my foot. I look down. Mindless self-indulgence? I never listen to that CD anyways. I shove the sheets into the machine, packing in as much as I can. Judging by the smell, these sheets need to be washed anyhow. Add one pair of soiled boxers and a cap full of Tide. I fill the cap up to the rim and pour its contents onto the surface of the giant fluff ring. A little extra for good measure, a twist and a pull, and that is that. I don't have time to take a shower, but by now my crotch is sticky with the disadvantage of my romp in dreamland. I rush over to the kitchen sink and grab a paper towel. A little soap, a little water, and voila, all clean. After a quick pat dry, I turn and frolic towards the debris of personal items back to the dresser next to my bed. Opening my underwear drawer, I find the replacement for my discarded undergarment. Clean clothes. These would give a good impression to an angry supervisor, a supervisor well aware that it is the ninth time in the past three months that I have been late for work. This calls for my power tie. A red tie with navy blue dots. What could be more powerful? Matched with a white shirt and navy blue slacks, this would form a force to be reckoned with. This killer combo has the power to masculinize the weak and swoon the toughest of interviewers. I don't think I could have scored this extremely mediocre job of mine if it wasn't for this confidence-revving neck adornment. Pants. I close the underwear drawer and check the larger drawer beneath it. No clean navy blue slacks. I'm going to have to go with black slacks. I suppose navy blue polka dots are dark enough that they wouldn't make that much of a difference. One would appear just as powerful as standing at a distance of ten feet or more. Nonetheless, the tie's power is dwindling. Socks. Navy is preferred to make up for the pants. All of my blue socks are in the hamper. I could save face with black socks. Dirty. Black socks would have gone with the substitute pants I picked out, but no. Now I'm stuck with white socks. I have no time to worry about it. 
highest power dwindles. Shirt. All my shirts are kept in a standing wardrobe next to my dresser. It's empty. Now that I think about it as of late, all my clean clothes are kept in the dryer. Empty as well. I'm so late. I have to get out of here. Scanning the room, I see a white dress shirt strewn over the couch in the center of the room. This will have to do. Shoes. Last summer, I played Kino for four hours straight and won a total of about $200, so I treated myself to the nicest pair of shoes I could find. That night, I had also lost around $100 in the gambling process, but that is neither here nor there. My shoes are nowhere to be found. I miss the days when I actually put my shoes in the same place every day when I got home from work. The days when most of my things went in their respective places instead of an open space on the floor. Now they land wherever I am when I crash after a long, drawn-out day. I check all the hot spots, but I come up empty-handed. Once I stop to assess the room, I notice dirty blobs on my floor leading from the front door to my bed. How they got there, I have no clue. Not to mention that god-awful smell. Against my better judgment, I take a big whiff of the air. My nose feels like a few hairs are singed as the raunchy odor invades my nasal cavities. The smell seems to be coming from around my bed, or rather, under my bed. Like a tropical bird in search of fruit-flavored cereal, I follow my nose to the bed and pick up the fallen comforter to see what has crawled underneath my nest and died. A hundred different possibilities pop into my head as I try to focus my eyes to see into the dark underbelly of my bed. It could be a small killer that is hiding under my bed. It could be a mud monster that was looking for a place to stay out of the cold. A big brown lump comes oozing towards me. The mud monster grabs my arm and whips its slimy tentacles around me, pulling me under the bed. It lets out a gargled laugh as it works its way up my shoulder and around my neck. I can feel it squeezing my throat, dragging me deeper underneath my bed with its tight grip. Now close to the monster, I can make out the shine of its eyes through the darkness. Part of this mud pile splits and a large gap forms, exposing a hundred razor-sharp teeth. My head is drawn into the mud beast's mouth, and I can see its yellow fangs closing down on me. Now that I have been staring off into the darkness, my eyes have adjusted to the light below the bed. I can now make out two slimy lumps. I reach for them. One at a time, I pull out my once shimmering, classy dress shoes, now caked in muck with a stench that makes my eyes water. I race over to the kitchen sink and throw the shoes on top of a pile of dishes, turning the faucet on full blast. The gunk comes off in chunks, the smell intensifying as the warm water reactivates the evil within. I turn my head away, reflexively gagging. Now I have damp shoes, still with some funky brown residue on it, and a sink full of shitty dishes. I have no time to worry about that now. I slide on the filthy footwear, my white socks soaking up the interior condensation. I am now the saddest sight that will ever walk into Protech. As far as matching is concerned, my black shoes are not so black, but the brown in them matches the pit stains on my white shirt. My white socks are the cleanest item on me, radiating my ankles from underneath my wrinkled black pants. My power tie doesn't match anything that I have on. This outfit serves as kryptonite to the once empowering chest adornment. I would have said forget the tie altogether, but it covers a mustard stain, so it stays on. I grab my brown leather briefcase from the kitchen table, hoping that everything I need for the day is in there. Without looking, I know my hair is a complete mess, and I have no time to fix it, so I grab a fedora off the coat stand on my way out. As I place the hat on my head, it begins to throb. 
Making my way to my car, I can count my pulse if I were so inclined, for I can feel every pump of blood to my brain. It's as if someone took a sledgehammer to the top of my head and is continuing to do so at this very moment. Opening my car door, I quickly forget my headache. A smell similar to that which emanates from my shoes comes billowing out of my car and knocks me back. The same brown glop that was trailed across my studio apartment is caked all over the gas and brake pedals. The once gray floor mat underneath the pedals is now several shades of brown. Holding my breath, I hop into the driver's seat, start the engine, and somehow manage to press all four window control buttons down at the same time. As soon as the window next to me has made a gap large enough for my head, out it goes, gasping for fresh air. My head still out the window, I back out the car and head for work.